Hello and welcome to the Hot Seat Podcast. My name is Justin Paparaki. I am the Digital Media Manager at Gulf Shore Life Magazine. Today I am joined by Lois Tomey. I am uh, very happy to say that we are uh, recording in the uh, Wink Broadcast Center. So excited to be here. Excited to be here with Lois. She's been uh, an anchor here uh, at uh, Wink News since 1992, I believe. Is that That's right? That's correct. That's Excellent. correct. Today we wanted to talk about uh, kind of the state of journalism right now. Big subject but it's been uh, in the news a lot, and we just wanted to just kind of sit and kind of discuss um, you know, how that kind of affects us here in Southwest Florida. So uh, just kind of let me start off by asking, uh, you know, there's been a lot of sort of contentious um, uh, discussion on kind of a national stage here with uh, the president, his comments about the, uh, the press as being the enemy of the people, uh, using the term fake news a lot to try and discredit um, uh, the uh, critical coverage uh, and been, as we were, we were recording this, just recently we had the incident with uh, Jim Acosta and uh, getting sort of barred from the uh, White House press mm-hmm. corps and the tumultuous relationship there, too. So that's all happening on a national level. Um, locally, do you see any of this kind of trickle down, the kind of um, uh, this attitude of um, the press being sort of the enemy here? How, is that really reflected here in what you see day to day? I can answer that in two different ways. Um, in, in one respect... No, it doesn't affect us in that way. We are very hyper-local. We cover local issues that are important to Southwest Florida. We talk to people about things that might affect them day to day, providing information that's critical to them on some days and just interesting to them on other days. So in that respect, it hasn't really reached down to us. But I can't say it's been completely removed from my life because I do a lot of community events. And when I find myself at community events, I'm often approached by people in the public who put me in a group of media that can't be trusted. And in sometimes the discussions are very contentious. Uh, the rhetoric is very contentious. And I find myself sometimes trying to defend my profession. And I can't say that I've ever had that happen to me before. I've worked in Southwest Florida at Wink News for 26 years. So to me, this is a very big shift, a very big change in how uh, journalists or the media, if you want to call it, because that's the media is the enemy of the people, as as we hear, mm. um, is is treated and and viewed. So uh, me personally, um, I don't believe that I am the enemy of the people in any way, shape, or form. I feel, look, view myself as a pure journalist trying to provide unbiased information to people on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. But I can't say that it completely is removed from my life because I do see things when I talk to people in the public. Mm-hmm. So how do you kind of how can we kind of combat that uh, image of the enemy of the people other than just kind of going about, you know, so you're going about sort of your day to day job and doing what you already do? Is it something we need to be sort of going above and beyond to kind of directly address these um, this sort of language and attitude that's happening? I think we have to continue to do our job well. Mm-hmm keep working at our craft and doing it as, w- as, as well as we can. Mm-hmm. Um, do we make mistakes now and then? Yes. We need to admit them when we do. We need to correct them as quickly as possible. We need to do all the things that our basic journalism principles tell us to do. Um, I think that over time, um, the cream rises to the top in journalism or otherwise, and um, you know things could change um, down the road, but I think that's what we have to do. We have to do journalism in its purest form and work hard to continue to do that. That hasn't changed from the time I started, really, though. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It just is something that I think we have to be more hyper-focused on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
I was, I, <clears throat> there's a, uh, we had our men and women of the year um, ceremony uh, last week, which uh, congratulations, you're men, well, <laughs> alumni you. of that group. Thank you, thank um, you. And uh, Stacey Deffenbaugh had said something that kind of stuck with me. She said that journalism is more than just reading the news each night. It's about giving back to the community, which I thought was an interesting approach to it. You don't really think of it as uh, sort of a community service. Um, but how do you, do you sort of view your role like that in the community as something that is sort of a, a, you know, a service to our, you know, Fort Myers in the Southwest Florida area? Well, I think I view it more as, um, it's something that's good to do in your community. If you're here as long as I have been, um, you are part of this community just as, just unlike any, everyone else, you know, or like everyone else who's in the community and that you want to give back because you want to better your community. I don't see that as part of um, my life as a journalist per se, but I do see the benefit of doing that because it's um, it's about building. A journalist tries to build relationships. You know, you might call them sources, you might call them whatever they are, but you're trying to build relationships with people all the time and and know and understand the community that you serve. Once you have a better idea and you have more perspective on how people feel about issues, what's important to them, I think you become a better journalist. So I think becoming involved in your community, doing community events, um, giving back via charities or whatever it may be, and learning more about them only benefits you as a journalist. I don't see it as part of journalism, but I can mm -hmm. see how it benefits me as a journalist. Mm -hmm. That's true. Huh. Um the thing I wanted to uh, kind of touch on here, I guess, is sort of the perception of the media in general, because you use the term, people throw out the term, the media, I don't like yes. the media or something yes. like that. But the media is so broad these days, it's everything from television to websites to newspapers, there's this, that, and the other. And we really kind of drive down into it, um, you know, people's uh, sort of perceptions and feelings change, I think, of uh, news outlets. Like I was, there was recently a study that Pointer did that said, um, they've just sort of asked people their opinions about the media and they found that uh, the majority of people, I think it was 76% um, of the people that they polled said that they did, uh, you know, they had a great deal or a fair amount of trust in their local TV station. So it's kind of interesting how that kind of perception switches to things that you're more kind of familiar with, there's things that you interact with on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, I mean, do you, do you see that, I, we've talked a little bit about that kind of negative here, I mean, do you see that, that sort of that positive, that in, engagement that you have in the community day in and day out? I do see that. When I go to the grocery store, for example, I only receive positive feedback for the most part from people. Oh, it's mm. so nice to meet you. And, you know, generally, I, I love people. Mm. I love to hear their stories. I think it's one of the reasons I like being a journalist. I love mm. to hear people's opinions about things. I want to understand where they're coming from, even if I don't agree with them. You know, I'm a human being. I have opinions myself, although I don't really reveal them publicly to people. Mm -hmm. But I love people and I love to talk to them. Now, when you talk about the media, I definitely have an opinion about how the media has changed since I became a journalist. Mm -hmm. I think smartphones, social media, those types of things have really changed our view of what people think are the media. And I think that people have become a lot less critical of where they're getting their information from. Mm -hmm. That smartphone 24 hours a day, you are getting a headline or you're getting a, something on your Twitter feed or something on your Facebook feed. And we aren't as critical about the source of that information. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think when you give a statistic like 76% of people trust their local media, I think that's because they know them. Mm -hmm. They know where it's coming from. They understand the person delivering it to them mm -hmm. and they trust them. Mm -hmm. But when you say the media... I'd have to sit down with someone and say, 
exactly what do you mean? Mm-hmm. Because I don't view everything that comes in my Twitter feed as the media, although I think some people do. And I think we need to be a lot more discerning in where we're getting our information before we trust it. I think we should be a little, have a little more of a cynical eye mm-hmm. on what we're reading and hearing and question it mm-hmm. before we decide that it's truth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I even see journalists fall into that, that trap too. Accomplished, great journalists who will retweet something that's not true. And it's just one of those things where there's that pressure of you have to be first, you have to be, you know, what's, what's happening right now, push it out there with, okay, we need to take a step back and make sure that this is actually accurate first. You are you hit the nail on the head. It is so true that there is a pressure to be first. Now fortunately, I work in a news di- in a newsroom with a news director who has said repeatedly, I don't have to be first, but I have to be right. Mm-hmm. And that is a message that every newsroom needs to hear often so that they, they release that pressure of being first because it is so difficult to regain your credibility once you've ruined it, once mm-hmm, you've said mm-hmm. something incorrectly, once there's a little bit of trust whittled away from you, it is very difficult to get back there. It is a lot easier to follow your journalistic principles and and keep your credibility. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How hard is that to do in practice, though? Because I mean, it's like that's a great philosophy, but I know that, like you know, myself having that a constant drive sort of competitive to a degree to be first like you could really have to hold yourself back a little bit so what mm-hmm. uh, how, how, how does that really work out in reality i guess well listen i don't work alone yeah that's how it works out in reality mm-hmm. there are layers upon layers upon layers of checks so i may get a call from someone who tells me gives me a tip on something or tells me something is going on then it goes to the next layer i have executive producers and news directors who are also in on these discussions so that there the more voices at the table the less likely we are to fall into a trap mm-hmm. so we don't do anything without there's no one voice that gets something on the air that just mm-hmm. doesn't happen here mm-hmm. and if you if your newsroom is not set up that way i think you're right it 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 is hard to follow that principle Mm-hmm. But if you have a newsroom where you have a number of checks and balances within your own newsroom, it you find that you don't fall for something that might be a setup. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We talked about, you know, we're talking about sort of social media here, and I feel like a lot of the time it's, I guess, what's your what's your view of it? I mean, you have you know accounts, you know, Facebook and so mm-hmm. forth. Um, do you feel like that's is just one more? Um, kind of thing that you have to do now? Or what, what do you see the benefits of social media really? Th- I, d- in this I see it as a way to engage with an audience. Mm-hmm. To It's it, it just like, you know, when Facebook first came out, I just loved Facebook because it was a way for me to keep in touch with relatives who, are, who don't live here, who I could keep up with their kids and their, you know, career moves and things like that. Well, I feel the same way about that as with viewers. Mm-hmm. I feel like I get to know um, the viewer better. I don't see Facebook and, and Twitter necessarily as a news source. I, I, don't, I don't feel a pressure to pass along every breaking story on that. In fact, if you went to my Facebook feed, you'd see it's, it's more lighthearted. It's like happier news. It's like things that might not make it on a newscast. It's, it's social. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I really emphasize the social in social media. Now, that's just me, but I, I feel like I can engage a lot with viewers um, that way and get to know people and what they like and how they feel about things through social media. I don't view it as 
uh, a pure journalistic tool at all. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I, I think that kind of, um, like we were talking about a little earlier, that people do, like you're saying, do see it as a news source, and if something looks like a news story, they assume mm-hmm. it's a news story and pass it along. Um, and it seems like uh, there's, it's sort of a tidal wave too, because people, it's so easy to you know to produce um, something that's basically not true compared to what mm-hmm. you, what you guys do, and to really research and double check, and it, all the vetting that you're talking about that goes through to producing a you know a, a nightly news broadcast or something that appears on your website. Um, I mean, it, it feels a little overwhelming at times. I mean, is it? Do, do you feel that same way, where it's this this overwhelming sense of there's all this information. I have to find that needle in the haystack all the time of uh, what's that sort of g- kernel of truth from a news outlet that I may, I may not be familiar with, but could be true. I think that um, the way that we use it sometimes is uh, we will, if I see something on my Facebook feed, I might alert the newsroom, listen, I'm seeing this, we need to look into this, but we would approach it no differently than if we had gotten an email from someone, a letter from someone, a phone call from someone. We wouldn't change the way we handle that that. Uh, vetting that story or whether or not it is a story or whether it's something that's really impacting a community. So I don't, I don't, I don't view it as, I view it as a good source of information to put me in touch with the community. Um, but I do worry as, as you were implying, I do worry that there are a lot of people who use it as their only news source and you don't know the true source of what you're reading in some of your Facebook feeds, unless you know that person or you know that news organization or you know that, and you don't know if it's pure journalism, unbiased, well-researched, all sides of the issues are are represented, or if it's opinion journalism. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a big problem with the media today. Even when you're watching on a cable news channel, there's so much blurring of pure unbiased journalism and opinion shows from one hour to the next it changes and moves and you have to be responsible for deciding whether or not things have been vetted or if this is just someone's opinion Mm -hmm. and i think that's where some of this hostility began and grows from opinion news we used to have even in newspapers the editorials were on the editorial page, and now you might find them interspersed throughout the newspaper. So it, it, it's very, very difficult for people to find just an unbiased news source today. Mm-hmm. And I think it's interesting, too, because if you look at some of the, sort of the uh, Fox News, CNN, MSNBC, a lot of their coverage isn't... Uh, it's sort of analysis of sort of what's happening and you have the panels and you have this discussion. So oftentimes it gets heated and that's what people are drawn to, I guess these days, rightly or wrongly. So it's mm-hmm. sort of that having to combat that, you know, that, that sense of, you know, this is what's popular, but we still need to, you know, have that sort of, you know, basis too of sort of very grounded, uh, you know, unbiased uh, news coverage to kind of base that off of. And it's hard to, I imagine it's hard for a, a um, news station to not continuously get pulled in that sort of um, direction of let's just give opinion all the time and have all these uh, sort of discussion, uh, you know, hot takes as they say in like the sports world and that sort of thing. Um, so it's it's you know it's kind of good to know that um, uh, that you know, folks like yourself are still you know fighting fighting the good fight, I guess. Yeah, yeah. fighting for it. I mean, yeah. I, I, no one should care what I think 
I is not part of the equation. What what I think about something is not is not important. Mm-hmm. It's what it's researching the story, finding out all sides. And when we have our editorial meetings, you know, every every voice in the room, whether you've been here one day or twenty six years, is welcome. What we need to get this side, we need to get that side. We need to. What do we have? If we don't have it, it doesn't go to air. If we're only going one sided. We can't, we can't possibly put that on the air if we want to be considered an unbiased news organization. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So changing subjects here for a second. What's the one, I guess, sort of mis- big misconception that you, people, that, that you hear from people about um, what you do? Oh, boy. That's a, that's a tough question. Um, uh, some, some, some things are as, as, as uh, silly as how do you memorize all that stuff? Mm. Not realizing that, you know, we have technology in front of us, a teleprompter to read off of and, and things like that. So it could be something as silly as that. Um, other things are, gosh, um, you you do the the five o'clock, the six o'clock and the seven o'clock news. So you get there when mm-hmm. you get there at like four thirty, mm-hmm. you know, not realizing how much work goes into putting an hour long newscast together and the number of people number of people it takes to put together a newscast like that um so some of those things are probably some of the things you still get asked even though most people are pretty media savvy now you can there's so many tv stations that put even the background of a newscast on facebook or something for people to watch and and yet still we get asked questions like that yeah yeah and that's uh, one of the things that i didn't realize was the uh, sort of as I was coming up in the industry, I come from a print background, so I didn't realize all the behind-the-scenes work, especially the anchors. You know, I sort of had that misperception too that you know, you just kind of show up and you read, and then you're done. And then you know, it's not like that at all. There's a no. ton of behind-the-scenes no. work that goes on. Um, in addition, you know, coming from a print 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 background, um, you know, I don't have to um, uh, as I'm doing a podcast worry about how I sound during an interview. Or uh, worry about you know how I'm dressed or right. hair or anything like that. I just kind of show up as my disheveled self at wherever and conduct the interview and and done with that. So you've got all that on top of uh, just the the basic you know journalism things that you have to do as well. And there's a lot of pressure in that. Let me tell you, there really is. I mean, uh, especially for the females in in television, um, hair, makeup, clothing. Those are a lot of the emails or phone calls or comments that you get. You, it's not about what you do as a journalist. It's about how you look. It mm-hmm. is a lot about that. And, mm-hmm. and you, the more experience you get at it, the more you accept that it's just human nature. When you see someone up on the screen, you say, oh, she looks really nice today. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just the way we work as human beings. Mm-hmm. But it is very difficult. There is a lot of pressure. You know, here I am, a 53-year-old woman working in a newsroom with m- the majority of them are People are half my age, and I, it's not, I do feel pressure for you know, the physical appearance and, and how I look and will I be accepted. But then again, the older you get too, the more experience you get, the more comfortable you get in your own skin, and you realize that it's not, that's not what it's really about. It's about my experience, the perspective I have. When a, when a major story breaks, my knowledge of Southwest Florida, my understanding of issues and the history of this community will be what is most important to my coverage of that story and how much I can bring to that story as a journalist. So when you come to realize that and you realize that ultimately is the most important thing, when things like um, hurricanes are hitting and you have vast knowledge of an area and experience, you know what to say 
what tone to set it to set and and you can help people and ultimately those types of public safety stories are the most important thing that we do so you know your experience just becomes so vital mm-hmm, mm-hmm. last question how do you feel about sort of the future of of the industry. There's a lot of things we haven't touched on, uh, sort of financial difficulties with how the internet has really kind of shaken everything up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, five, 10 years from now, do you see um, sort of, ra- you know, a different landscape of kind of how the media, what the media is, how it operates? I mean, would you expect to, you know, be in kind of the same role that, that you would be? Or would you, do you, are you seeing things as kind of totally different? You know, TV news is something that's, um, you know, maybe moving online or something. I, I, don't, I don't know. What do you see things really changing a lot more in the, in, the, in the industry? I do see a lot more on demand. I think that people want it when they want it, how they want it. I do see that happening. Maybe we, you know, the, when we when I was a kid, my parents never missed the five o'clock, five thirty national news. Everybody in the country sat down at a certain time of day for appointment television. They watched that newscast to find out what was going on in the world. They don't need to do that anymore. It's on their phone every single hour of every single day. The one niche I think that local newsrooms have is local. Mm-hmm. We have we have the ability to to get to know our communities, cover our communities, and and go in-depth on stories that are vital to the local community. I don't see that changing, but I do see a more on-demand feature occurring where the 5 o'clock news on TV is not going to be the only thing you go to. Maybe you build your own newscast. And some and some newsrooms are already doing something like that, where you can build your own newscast only watch the stories you want, when you want, at the time you want. I do see more on-demand going uh, or going in that direction of more on-demand service. Um, but I don't think local news is going to go away. Mm-hmm. I think we all need it. We need to know what's going on in our community. We're interested in it. We live here and um, we want our communities to be successful and we need to be informed. So I don't see local news going away. I think that's our niche and it's a powerful one. Excellent. I thank you thank for you. sitting down with me. I appreciate it. And uh, any final words, final thoughts? Oh, just thank you to all the viewers who let me come into their homes every night. It's a real privilege. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you.